Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate you giving us your time. Uh, We try to make sure it's valuable for you. So today we're going to get after some self-care. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, This is coming up because as I'm looking around and I am seeing all this stuff going on in the world, uh, I'm also starting to notice that in my therapy sessions, we're having to talk about self-care more and more and more. So I thought, hey, let's just do a, a podcast on it get this information out there. At least then there's a foundation for people to build on questions people can ask their therapist or, uh, you know, anybody in their life that helps them balance, recenter and, and correct their path. So we obviously, we start off with what is self-care? Now, self-care is recentering or recalibration of our head, heart, and soul. Look, you're not going to find that in the Webster's Dictionary. Uh, this is this is a functional definition that I use uh, a lot in my therapeutic work. It's a recentering or recalibration of our head, heart, and soul. So the head, heart, and soul is the connecting piece of of us, right? We we have this sort of triune sort of system um, when it comes to mental health. It's not just our head; it's our head and our heart, and it's not just our head and our heart. It's also our soul. So obviously this can be, uh, it can mean some different things to some different people, uh, but we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of the details of that as we go. What self-care is not. Sometimes we got to take a look at what self-care isn't or what a, a, a definition does not provide us. Self-care is not extra chocolate. It is not, you know, a, a, a double cheeseburger with some fries, although those things might be good. Or if you're like me, you know, uh, an extra large bowl of ice cream. Now, I use food a lot because I like food, um, sometimes more than I should. And for me, it's easy for me to indulge in some, some food products. Like, I believe that ice cream is its own food group, right? It is also not a trip to Maui when you don't have the money to pay for it. It is not blowing off work when you can't feed your kids. It's anything that is selfish or self-indulgent is not self-care. That actually increases the level of uh, guilt or shame that would grow on us in our head, heart, and soul. And when we do that, we're actually, it may seem like, hey, it's the easy way out. I'm just going to go and do this thing. Um, maybe it's my addiction or, or maybe it's, uh, you know, I'm going to go on five dates this week, even though I can't afford them. Or maybe it's, you know, it, it could be a lot of different things that it's not. If it is self-indulgent and selfish or self-indulgent or selfish. It is not self-care. Those improve nothing. So what does recentering or recalibrating mean? Recentering or recalibrating. Look, if we get off by a degree, one degree, it is not a big deal until we factor in time. If we're off by one degree, and we stay off for five weeks, 
by the time we get five weeks down the road, that one degree has turned into miles from our target. One degree is not a big deal unless we add a bunch of time. So recentering and recalibrating is that taking that, oh, I'm off by a degree. I'm going to get back to that, that straight north, that direction that I know I want to go. What it means is we look backward to see if we have been on target. So where we came from, we look at where we are and we look forward to where we're going. And as we do that process, what we often find is we're usually a little bit off. We're a little bit left or a little bit right of our target. And then we adjust to get back on center. So when, when I say, what does recentering or recalibrating mean? It means we're looking back, looking at the present, and looking at the future and our goals and aspirations, where we're trying to get to. And we're making sure we don't get too far off of target for very long. Obviously, we don't recenter or recalibrate every single day. What we do is we build in systems within our, our days and our weeks and our months and our years so that we have these moments of looking back, of looking at where we are and looking at where we're going. All right. If you are familiar with identity work, that's kind of what I'm talking about right here. It's, it'll sound very, very familiar to you. Essentially, what it is, is making sure that we are balanced so that when we proceed forward, we don't tilt right or tilt left and get off track. And the way we get balanced is to take a look at our head, heart, and soul. So when we talk about the head, heart, and soul, what is that exactly? Like, what does that even mean? You know, many of you have listened to a bunch of my podcasts, and I'm greatly appreciative. You'll, you'll have heard some of this before. Look, our head, our heart, and our soul, it's our system. When I talk about mental health, I could talk about making sure that you do, uh, you eat, sleep, and exercise correctly. I've done that before. Those are important things, but what do they balance? They balance our head, our heart, and our soul. So I'll break them down a little bit more in detail. The head. If we are looking at our head, we have this uh, frontal lobe. It's called our prefrontal cortex. The nickname for it is the meaning maker. So in brain science, what we often will do is we will look at um, the, our hands. We'll take fists and we'll run our thumbs up in front of them so that we are looking literally at our thumbs. Our thumbs that are on the outside of our fist, as we put them together, you have the left and the right hemisphere. The thumbs are the prefrontal cortex. It would be the part that's right behind your eyeballs and slightly above, you know, all the way to above your eyebrows. So it's that forehead down to, you know, maybe mid eyes, bottom of the eyes, somewhere around in there. And that prefrontal cortex, which is nicknamed the meaning maker. As we go, what it's, it's the part of our brain that justifies, that uh, blames it's that part that when we are off just a little bit for long enough, we will justify and blame the dumbest things. We will we'll be like, uh, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was a kid, this is, 
I'm taking you way back here. When I was a kid, I was visiting my, my, my granny Annie. She was in, uh, we were in California. I was with my brother. I don't know who else was with us. I, I do remember my brother was there. And I stubbed my toe on the sliding door frame as I was going in or out of the apartment that my granny Annie lived in. And the first thing that I did was I yelled my brother's name. His name is Jason. I said, Jason! And he looked at me from across the room and he's like, what? (laughs) I was so habitually blaming my brother for stuff that my prefrontal cortex, when it had to make sense of pain, it immediately inserted my brother's name there. That is somebody who is off by a degree or 10. Okay. Those kinds of things, uh, you may also notice you're off when you are arguing the same thing with different words, but you're arguing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. All right. Sometimes it happens in a brief, you know, you know, 20 minute period of time. And we're just arguing and arguing and arguing, but we're saying the same thing using different words, but we're saying the same thing over and over and over as if they don't understand us as if it's their fault for not getting where we're coming from. And yet that cycling that happens in the, that, that's telling us that our prefrontal cortex is off the mark. It needs a reboot. We need to recenter our mind. Okay. The next one, emotional regulation. Emotional regulation, that's the heart. There comes a time in our days, in our weeks, in our months, in our years, where we need to do an emotional dump. We need to take all of those, for those of you who've heard me talk about this before, I think of emotions a lot like little teacups that sit inside of us, right? And those teacups, they fill up. And when they fill up and they splash over, We get messy emotions, but they're containers most of the time, right? We can pour some sadness into the cup and when it gets full, we, we got to clear it out. We got to empty it out. We've got to vent it out. We've got to find some way to reduce the amount that's in there so that we can hold more and create a better emotional stability. Well, there are some emotions that function differently. And I'll I'll go over two of them real quickly, but we could have a whole different conversation on this. Number one is anger. When the anger cup overflows, it's really messy. But here's the weird part. All of the other emotions, all of them, sadness, uh, you know, anxious, you know, you, you could do a, a quick look at a chart for emotions, and there's just a whole bunch of different descriptors for emotions. When those other cups fill up and pour out, some of that goes into the anger cup. And as the anger cup fills up, because it's a secondary emotion, as it fills up, the weirdest thing happens when it overflows. It, it's holding all of these other emotions So when it overflows, it's chaos. We can't tell if we're sad. We can't tell if we're anxious. We can't tell if we're ashamed. We can't can't tell because a lot of emotions are in that cup mixed up because they have come from the spillage of the other cups. So that one works a little bit differently. But there's another one that works very differently. And that's our love cup. 
when our love cup overflows, it does this cleaning process for these other emotions. It allows us the space, the time, the energy to clean out the sad cup and navigate it well. When we are missing uh, the love cup being full, the other emotions all affect us much, much more. But when that love cup is overflowing, man, it seems like any emotion that we experience is more tolerable. So keep that in mind. When it comes to recentering, there's really two keys that I look for. I look at the anger cup because I want to know, are they overwhelmed in a bunch of different emotional categories? Because that's what fills up the anger cup. Or I look at the love cup, the love cup, excuse me. When I look at the love cup and I see it full and bubbling over, I know this is a person who can tolerate a lot more directness and, and in, and in times where we are growing confrontation, appropriate, healthy, of course, but confrontation, we need that friction to continue our growth. And when that love cup is bubbling over, Oh man, you, you can, you can move mountains with a person. You can take them from A to Z in a, you know, in just a few weeks sometimes. So when I'm talking about the emotional regulation part of it, the heart, I'm talking about that, taking a look at those cups, making sure that our emotions are being managed in a way that's healthy and good so that our anger isn't filling up and that our love is getting filled up. The other thing involved with the head, heart, and soul is the soul. So what do we mean when we say the soul? Look, I'm not here to tell you what you're supposed to morally believe. Right? I have my own opinions and my own thoughts, and so do you. Obviously, I would love if we could find similarities uh, because it's helpful, um, but it's not required in every situation to believe the same things. I can get, uh, I can get along with uh, an atheist, uh, a Mormon, a Christian, a Catholic, a, um, a Buddhist, uh, you, know, I can, I, you name it, because it's not required that we believe the exact same things. What's required is that when we're doing that soul work, we are respectful and we are open in our mind, open to hearing what their experience is. Okay, So that's super important to understand. We don't have to believe the same things. However, there are some consistencies when we're looking at the soul, we are really looking at priorities, right? We're talking about the things that are most important to us in our world. And there are some consistencies. One is, you know, we, we often, in, you know, like if, we, if I'm running an AA group of some sort, uh, we, we talk about a higher power, that there's something bigger and greater than ourselves. It's important to acknowledge that there you know, over the history of time that we have documented as humans, a higher power has always been something that is present. Now, what that means to one person may be very different than what that means to another. And so I am happy to get into that in a different podcast, but understand a higher power whether that be God or whether that be nature or something that says, I have a responsibility to something that's bigger than me 
and bigger than us. So that is got to be usually on the list. It's usually number one or two on most people's list when they're finding balance. And for most, I have found it's, it's been in the number one slot when they're finding their most uh, serene balance, the place where they can function at the highest levels. Then we're talking about relationships. Okay, so that's family, friends. Uh, those things would be based on our design extremely important. And so you find people who balance relationships as their second priority, or maybe their first, they flip-flop them. Um, But typically that's what we see. And then work, education, uh, something that allows them to to make ends meet. In other words, it's it's going to be their career or their you know their pathway to their career would be down on that list. And believe it or not, what's on the list but tends to come out nearer the bottom of the list is going to be objects, possessions, things that we can purchase um, that are extras. They're not needs, they're wants. And yet, if you've been listening to me, sometimes we prioritize our wants. Like we'll pay more to go to a ball game than we want to pay for our doctor. Is it backwards? For sure. But we expect other people to help fund our doctor visits. Well, the government needs to step in and use some of our tax money to do that. Or, you know, we come up with all these reasons as to why that, because it's a need, it should be met for us instead of met by us. And we see that weird uh, sort of out of place prioritizing of objects and possessions more in the number one or the two slot. Um, Something to consider. I'm not telling you you're doing it wrong or or anything like that, but it is something that is a very common misplacement when I'm doing therapy and I see that happening. Okay. I guess the next question should be, how do we recenter or recalibrate? Because the how-to matters. We got to know how to do it in order to make it uh, happen, right? So what's the process? Uh, look, I, I, I talked a little bit earlier about, you know, we could be off by a degree for a short period of time and we can correct super easy. But if we're off by a degree for 10 years, that shame builds and builds and builds. And we end up with a, a whole lot of correction we have to make. So first and foremost, I want to emphasize, we have got to, absolutely got to prioritize self-care on a routine basis, whether that be daily, weekly, or monthly. We should not go more than about a month without taking a look at our self-care. That's very, very important. Because the further we go, the more it builds, the further off track we get. So we need to be able to make corrections in our days and our weeks and our months so that we don't end up years down the road thinking, well, why didn't I just way back here? We don't want those fill in the blanks from way back there. We take care of our stuff as we go. And it's a lot like if you, you know, if you think about it like this, um, it's a lot like cleaning a house. If you just throw the dishes in the sink all day long, by the end of the day, there's a lot of dishes. 
But if you clean even two thirds of them as you go, it might be two to three minutes here. And then later on, you're like, you eat another meal. You got two to three more minutes. And by the end of the night, the pile seems manageable. You didn't get very far off track and you don't have to make very many corrections. The same would be true with laundry. You throw a load in every two to three days, not a lot to do. If you try to do it once a week and you have a family of four or five or six, holy moly, that's a lot of laundry. So be consistent about taking a look at who you were, who you are, and who you want to be. And if you do that with a fair amount of frequency, you'll never get very far off because you'll always be sort of nudging yourself back on to track. Again, remember it's identity work, so you get to be as creative as you want. I can tell you some of the tools that I use in therapy, and you can decide which ones fit for you. You know, maybe you're more artistic, maybe you're not, but your creativity is totally up to you. So let's start with art. Art is one of them. You can draw it out. I often use a mask exercise. Who were you? Draw that mask. You can use words, pictures, colors. Like you can get as creative as you want. Who are you? Again, same thing. And who do you want to be? Same thing. You do three separate ones. And then what I typically do is I'll take the oldest one, right? Who you were. And I'll set it down and I'll set the new, the newer one, who you are, and then I'll set the other one down so that they'll be in a row. So it's one, two, three, old, present, future. And then I ask, how did you get from there to here? Because what I'm trying to do as a therapist is draw out those things in between, those action processes that allowed a person to change and grow from where they were to where they are. And the same thing from where they are to where they're going. We draw out those action processes. And then, you know, we could decide to set goals or they could just continue down the path. Look, some people really like to write down. I personally write down goals routinely. I I like to write down short, medium, and long-range goals because what I have found is when I write them down, I tend to meet them more often. If I don't write them down, I will move in the right direction. It just tends to be slower. So for me, writing it down is helpful. It may or may not be for you. Depends on where you are in your life. Another option might be write your story. Write your story of you from 15 to 20, from 20 to 25. Like break it down into five or 10 year chunks, depending on how old you are, right? You might break it down if you're, if you're in your 60s or 70s doing this. Man, I, would, I might tell you, break it down into... Kid, young adult, uh, you know, middle adult, older adult, and you know, post-retirement, something like that. Like, let's just take a good look at it. You could do a collage. Some of you are really creative at using other people's stuff. So get yourself some magazines that you, you know, I don't go to Goodwill, buy a bucket of magazines and just start cutting them up. Glue them on a big old poster board or something. And voila, you can tell yourself who you were, who you are, where you're going. You could do it all on one collage board. You can make it morph from one to the next to the next. And you can do the same exercise of drawing out the processes that got you from where you were to where you are and where you are to where you're going. You can do an audio recording. 
you can capture it on a, you know, like, like what I'm doing right here, you know, instead of podcasting, I could just record it. And in that verbal processing for some people, that's very helpful. And then they go back and they can listen to it. They can be like, Oh yeah, I did think that at one point. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Right. Being able to look back, look at who you are now and look at where you're going. You could create songs, music, you know, you could, you could do a screenwrite, make a play out of your past, your present, your future, right? Be as creative as you want. You could just sit down, you could bullet who you were, who you are, and who you want to be on a piece of paper. Just put bullets. It's not up to me to decide how creative you get. But let me tell you, there is not much like doing that exercise. Looking back, looking here, looking forward. When you are done with it, It's really important that you do processes that let go of the past. Forgive the old version of you that did the best you knew how then and is doing better now. Forgive that old version of you and move toward the future version of you. Now that future thinking is a big deal. Look, it's, we, we don't want to get stuck in thinking of the future, but if we're not thinking of the future, We're not being intentional. So we absolutely have to be looking forward a little bit every day of like, okay, so next week, next month, I really want to get to, you know, this point. We've got to be doing that because otherwise we don't know how to set our priorities today. We, We look out, we draw that line back and we ask ourselves, how do we get there? Boom, I follow that line. Okay. I recommend that people stay in this identity test phase where they've, they've done all this work and now they're going to test it for at least what I call one cycle. So it depends on what it is, right? If it's, if it's family stuff, I would say something like a, a, a summer and a school semester, or it may be the spring and the summer. So you get a, a high functioning uh, view of what it's like under normal conditions and then what is it like under slightly less usual conditions right i'm i'm doing a little compare and contrast between you know the typical work time and the typical play time right and so if you're a winter player and you go you go up to the mountain or you know you go snowmobiling a lot then you may say the winter is my most unusual time i take more time off i do more activities And so you would want to compare that to what we would consider a normal time. You want to get that compare and contrast. So a full cycle would be something that is very typical, butted up against something that is less typical, but still not out of the ordinary so that you can get that full contrast. And then you've got to review it. You've got to take a look at it and say, what was it like? with my priorities, my new priorities of who I'm going to be, that intentionality, my new priorities, what was it like in that cycle? What was it like for me? Is it going in a way that I think is best for me? And in that reassessment, we can adjust. If we're a degree, two degrees off, if we're 10 degrees off, we adjust early and we get back on track. And yes, we might zigzag to our location, but it's better to zigzag to our location than to just zig away from our location. So keep that in mind. 
All right. We don't want to build that shame over time. We want to keep correcting a little bit all the time and get back on track. We want to set markers out there and review. We want to get feedback from others. This is so unbelievably critical. We have to get feedback from other people. You cannot get to your destination alone. I don't care who you are, what country you live in. You cannot get there by yourself. It is just not going to happen for you, right? In America, look, we talk about it all the time. Independence, it's fantastic. What does independence really mean? Does it mean by myself? No. Look, I've had to have mentors. You will have to have mentors. Somebody who takes you under their wing and says, I got you. I got you for this phase of your life. Let's talk about these things. Maybe that's a therapist. Maybe that's you know somebody in your church. Maybe that's uh, a good friend that's been there for you all along. Maybe that's a mom or a dad. Maybe that's a cousin. It could be a lot of things, but you got to have somebody that's got your back in those times where you're falling apart. Somebody who's there to say, I'll be motivated for you until you can get motivated again. All right. We need those in our life. That feedback is probably the best thing, even though it hurts, it stings a little to hear, yeah, when you did this, that was pretty awful. (laughs) But guess what? When we have somebody in our life that trusts us enough to handle that, man, that's a beautiful thing for sure. Remember, they should come from different environments when we're looking for that feedback. Again, they provide feedback. You get to assess it and decide if it fits. But if it's coming from different areas, say like home or work or school or your play friends, um, you know, your different social activities, if you're getting it from all the different areas and the feedback is similar in all of them, even if you don't like it, there's probably a truth within it. Now, if it's different in all the environments, then the question becomes, are you being authentic? You've got to ask yourself that. Am I being authentic in all of these environments? Because if the answer to that is no, you're going to carry a burden of trying to pretend you're faking it. And being fake doesn't last long term, right? That's, that's many degrees off of your being intentional, right? We don't want to fake. We want to be real, authentic, and consistently moving toward the best version of ourselves. So that covers a little bit of the how to recenter and recalibrate. I hope this was helpful. I hope that some some of you out there in podcast land are getting some good takeaways. Maybe you just thought of a project that you can work on. Look, I, I love it if you take some of this and you put it to use, please. And if you're a therapist out there, you know, put it to use. Do this stuff. It's good too. I don't mind you taking my stuff and using it. I probably stole it from somebody else who said, go ahead and take my stuff and use it. Look, I mean, I don't create most of these things. I simply give them to you so that you have something that you can do to make your life better so you can grow and take those next steps. My hope is that you're doing that with this. And selfishly, I'm going to put this out there, I hope that you decide to share this with 10 or 15 of your friends. Get this word out there. Let people do the self-care, right? Get them connected to what we're doing here so that their life can be better. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and let you all go. Thanks for joining us.